Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Tukey's Take Podcast. We are back again. It is us, the guys, the fellas, for another lovely week of following the sport of hockey. Mostly. Mostly. I am joined alongside Mr. Endo Mills and Mr. Sin for the win as we are back for uh, what is our last full week together, gentlemen? We have we have today. Probably Friday, because Thursday is American Thanksgiving. And then maybe next Monday, but certainly not the back half of next week, unless Sin wanted to make the full effort of going to the sports gamer offices to record a (laughs) hockey podcast. No. We won't ask him to do that. But yeah, Sin is very, very close to uh, returning to the promised land. But Mm -hmm. the good news is, buddy, we still have plenty of stuff to talk about before that. And just in general. Just in general, so so much to do. You and I, especially, we started up with Sports Gamer today. Just half an hour ago, we wrapped up the first broadcast of the season. Um, that was very weird to be kind of back in the saddle on that after five months. It yeah. felt like a year more so than five months. I mean, especially for me, with how busy my freaking summer and fall happened to be so far. Um, but it was good. It's good to be back in the old broadcasting booth. Yes, it is. Good games, too, man. I mean, I love so, it. It was chaos. I was going to say, what is, because Endo was watching as well. What are, because I hadn't seen anything from any other tournament or anything like that. Yes. Yeah, and what are your initial thoughts on competitive NHL 24? Or has it what not really kind of set a- in yet? What the fuck is a pressure system? The only time I saw that shit activate was during a power play. That's and like the one time when Yip Javaskova Yip Javaskova had the puck in the first period of the first game. After that, I barely saw anything happen. So you're saying people overreacted to this thing. Yeah. And it's a skill. Yeah. It sounds like the game itself is just force heavy and it still is. And it's I don't it's just the game was moving really, really fucking quick. I will say mm-hmm. that. I'm not sure what it is, but for the past like two, three, four renditions of the game, um, it's just been going super quick. I get the gate like the actual hockey game is really, really fast, but at the same time, like certain mechanics were happening at the same time. Also, there was a weird uh, gameplay tuner that came out halfway through like one of the games, and then like there was a big pause, mm-hmm. which there is still no public answer as to what the actual tuner was for. Uh, which is surprising. Yeah, I don't think. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't worry it's about fine. It. He's doing. He's doing his job perfectly fine. It's fine. Football games with everything else, but no, no community managing at this point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what to feel about esports in its current state or competitive eshul in its current state. There's been a lot of conversation about it. Obviously, this week, especially the past week. You know, there have been some NA uh, players that have joined some notable EU players in retirement. From the competitive scene, just not really seeing it as the the juice being worth the squeeze. Um, it's been interesting to follow the NHL esports scene, especially since COVID and what it is now. Ways it got better, ways that it didn't. Um, and oh, I know we've talked about this um, during 2020. Northern Arena, who are a, a pretty big uh, esports company, yeah. essentially. Uh, held an event and they have not returned whatsoever. Um, yep. You know, it's been, <laughs> it's 
it's been interesting to follow the scene. And it's funny because the Northern Arena thing, people were kind of talking about, um, you know, that event was going on when the George Floyd murder happened. And uh, the response from some members in the community that got games or the games were postponed and they threw a hissy fit because games were postponed. And it's been a lot of conversation about the state of the game, the state of the community, so on and so forth, because it's also intertwined. Um, so I will say it's like how much that that's been on my mind lately. Like I enjoyed what Sin and I got to, to call today. Um, I agree the pressure system. I think people overreacted to it because very few teams. I think there were three or four examples in four games that we saw of the full pressure system being activated and sustained. Um, more often than not, teams are able to clear it very, very fast. Um, and that's because a lot of teams still don't like to shoot the puck. They like to work it down low and then try to force middle. Uh, which has been the meta for a while. Maybe it's a little bit different on the NA side of things. I'm not sure at the moment. Like I said, I haven't watched too much. Um, but yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. It's just kind of the, the the scene that it is. And it's like, okay, is the scene dwindling? And is that because of the community, the game, both? Who's to say? But I do think from an on, you know, an in-game, on ice, in air quotes standpoint, it's not bad. It was good. Not bad. I think it was it was the thing from at least the broadcast perspective is it was, there was never really any dull moments. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing that I noticed that there you, and simply because they got rid of being able to collapse in your zone. You can't do it. You have to stay Mm. aggressive. You have to, and more teams are starting to forecheck to take advantage of turnovers. And, and it all has to do with that pressure, like the pressure system. And, and honestly, even if you don't get it activated fully, you're still doing good hockey things. And that in that in that way, I think I think the competitive scene has the potential to be the best um, that it's ever been from a gameplay standpoint and from a mechanic standpoint. A few more tunes needed here and there. Hip check still needs to be nerfed into oblivion and uh, some more tuning to the pressure system a bit. Maybe, but again, this is the highest level and we didn't see the full pressure pop up that much. So mm. like I would still like to see uh, it it get cleared easier. Like just thinking back to <laughs> like in, in my, I'll just use what I play the most. Oh, I think we lost in <laughs> thought. He- yeah, we lost in. I think I, I, I think I get what he's trying to say, though. If it go, if you if you make it go like quicker, games would be a lot faster. Like he said, would be a pro as well too. And certain online things is the 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 pressure zone itself, like the zone in which it activates and what it can be triggered, is really really weird. If you're playing online, and let's say for example, you have the puck in your own end, and you get hip checked by three players on the opposing team while your puck's in your end and you have no pressure on you, that will still count as hitting the pressure zone. It's 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 something that needs to be fixed and addressed. Or certain things happen. Like if you make a play anywhere on the ice, it go it'll go towards your pressure. And it's it just makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's kind of a weird spot to uh to be in for sure. Um we will uh we will continue on for the moment, I did just hear from Sin saying that he's not really sure what's going on uh, internet-wise or Aww. anything. Um, so, you know, we, we can we can keep going from there. It's it's fine as opposed to kind of stopping this. And we'll see if Sin rejoins us because obviously he might not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, some good NHL 24 talk and conversation. 
Um, how was your week? How about that? You know? Yeah. That's usually it's, you know, we ask how the week is not usually how, um, you know, how the game you just commentated and mm. career off and has been, <laughs> you know, controversial to say the least over the past yeah. like month and a half. You know, how was your week? You know, the first full week of being married, you know, I think. Second. Second. Okay. I'm a good friend. Yes. <laughs> I'm a good friend. Okay. Uh, it's It's been good, man. Like, obviously, it's been weird to kind of get used to. I mean, obviously, too. I've equated wearing this ring to feeling like there's a Band-Aid on my hand at, like, all times. <laughs> I'm like, something's not right about this. What's up with this? But it's like, oh, wait, wait. Something is right about this. Um mm-hmm. Dude, it's been so difficult over the last couple of weeks to adapt to being back to like streaming. Like I, I only took like 10 days off or so, but yeah. it, it felt like months. Like it's been so difficult to kind of get back into the groove of the streaming thing. And it's like, you know, when I left, it was, oh, hey, the NHL 24 patches out. Maybe franchise is fixed. And the answer I thought was not really. But then I discovered, no, the biggest issue franchise has right now is that the rosters are just shit. Yeah, because the other day on stream, we used Vassy's custom rosters, which have my highest recommendation if you're on an Xbox series console. Um, and a lot of the issues with franchise mode are fixed by utilizing custom rosters. Unfortunately, it's EA's shit standard for rosters that uh, have kind of screwed that up. So it's one of those things now where I'm looking at. Probably roster editing for this year, which I wasn't expecting go. at all. Um, so that was a pleasant surprise because I've honestly been missing that like more often than not. Um, like my nightly routine after I'm done streaming is I go and see if the dog has to go out. I grab food. I sit at my computer while videos are rendering and just chill by watching YouTube and then fucking around on a game. Um, so now having NHL roster editing to be like okay i'm fucking around roster editing watching stuff on youtube while waiting for videos to upload and shit like that um it's just really calming as frustrating as it can be to see ea's bullshit it's really calming so i'm doing good i mean again it's it's been a really really busy time and it's always busy but busy isn't necessarily a bad thing as i've discovered so i am doing very well how are you and specifically would you like to tell the class about what you told me about last night happened at hockey oh yeah so i finally had one of those beer league horror stories happen Mm. um it was insane i'm doing good i'm doing a lot better than last night Mm. um where i was elbowed in the back of the head because i played against a team that was absolutely insane um, I had to go check my chat logs to see exactly what I told you from what I didn't tell you, um, in your mm. chat. So give me like good five <laughs> seconds here. But while we were waiting for that, let's talk about our beautiful, lovely people. Um, Manscape. Look at that. Manscape. Manscaped. Promo code. Tugi. Clean your balls. Clean yourself. Clean your sack. Tugi, take it away. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get distracted by looking through uh, your chat right now. Hold on. You've already been, and that's okay. But yeah, as Endo mentioned, this podcast is always is brought to you by our lovely friends at Manscaped.com, who want to remind you you can get twenty percent off your order and get free shipping when you use the code Tugi. That's T O U G I E at Manscaped.com. They have a Black Friday sale going on as well. 
all the best deals from our lovely friends at Manscaped. And of course, just in time for the holiday season, they've launched their upgraded packages. We've gone from 4.0 to 5.0 performance package, the perfect package. They still have the Beard Hedger Pro Kit, of course, that uh, continues to to dominate the scene of of well-facially-groomed men everywhere. Um, Yeah, Manscaped.com. They got you covered. And hey, holiday season's coming up. Give the gift of clean balls this holiday season. Endo, are you ready to continue your story? Yes. So uh, I pull up the stream. This is probably, so this is at 12, uh, 11 a.m. I pull up the stream. I'm on the train on the way home. Uh, God bless the TTC for actually being on time for once. And I say the M in Endurance M, which is my username, you know, at Endurance M, stands for migraine after getting targeted by a WAP in his 40s, literal hate crime. Now, I can say that because I'm half Italian and I fucking hate it. And I said, fucking hell. And no wonder my dad left, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what basically ended up happening is I ended up filling in for a game uh, for a team. And uh, I guess the team that we were playing had a history of being um, really, really aggressive. Mm. Uh, our team name was the Blazers, I believe. And the other team's name was the Gary Busey Express. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were the most aggressive, ransacked group of people who I've ever seen play hockey who also cannot skate at the same time. <laughs> it was like a low D level hockey game. And, you mm-hmm. know, I'm someone who plays every level because i'm trying to make that sweet chat at the end of the day that's all i care about at the end of the day just making that money because you can you can make a living off of just playing rental hockey in toronto i somehow do it it's insane don't ask me how i started and getting into it i've been doing it for five years it's nuts um and they were getting super chippy and like finishing checks and i'm like i go to the ref i say i says to the ref i says hey can you hit people in this league? Is there full contact? Like, like I need to know because I because I need to know if I'm going to go to the bench or not for a play. And the ref says, "Oh no, there's no full contact, but if there there's no body checking, but there is contact. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're scrumming in front of the net, like a tie up scenario, that's fine. If you're on the boards trying to, you know." Board play a guy and get the guy get the puck out from his legs and he's gonna push against sports. That's fine. Right. I have seen that fucking team that we played against finish every single one of their plays with a hit. And every single time they got a fucking penalty, they were screaming at the ref. Mm. It was like it was the literal antithesis of a beer league hockey team. That was just it was just beer league that's the that's that is beer league that team was completely beer league so we get to the third period and the team their team's going crazy um one of our guys one of our better guys is has an empty net he's getting down there and the guy's slashing at him throwing at him and grabbing on as much as possible and then they're screaming for a penalty on our guy when the other guy's insinuating the penalty we get the empty net. Either way, it would have been a goal, whatever. They're screaming at the raft. They're chirping. They're yelling. They're threatening him, of all things, too. Hmm. Then uh, they're like, we, like, what's going on? Just There's 30 seconds left, whatever. They come sprinting down the other end. Like, not even skating. Sprinting down. Um, one guy loses a stick. On One guy on your team loses a stick. 
and he starts to kick the puck. One guy on our team recovers the puck, throws it up to the side of the side of the net. And then this giant dude blatantly goes like under the under the guy's skate, you know where the loop is underneath the skate and the blade mm-hmm. on your on your skates. Fucking yeets him upwards like this man, like Bobby Ord into the air off of getting stick lifted off of his legs. And then no call. I'm like, I just chill out. And I'm like, all right, cool. They're going to call it. Um, No call. Guy kicks the guy without the stick, kicks the puck to the front of the net. Now, that same big guy uh, tries to go and play for the puck to get a rebound in front. And then as he is falling down, he full on like elbow, like Hulk Hogan, like headlock chicken winning me in the back of the head. I get hit. I drop to the ground. Now, I don't sell calls. I never sell calls. I'm not a mark. But for (laughs) shit like this, when you you when you hit the goalie. When it's 5-3 and there's 30 fucking seconds left and you're targeting the goalie for no reason, I'm, I'm going to sell a little bit. Also, that shit did kind of hurt. I'm going to be very, very honest with you. <laughs> I go down. Ref goes, yeah, what's going on? Like, hey, what happened? What happened there? I said, guy, buddy fell down. But no, buddy, I didn't buddy fell down. Buddy fell onto me and drove his elbow into the back of my head. And then we're just like, what the fuck is going on? I get them going at you. I'm in the net. I'm a rental. I'm getting paid to be here. I don't know what's going on. This is ridiculous. And then I'm like, we have to work tomorrow morning. Like half of these guys, like all of them, like except me, because I'm I'm a fucking weird goalie guy. We we all work in the morning. Like you don't have to hit a guy, especially a goalie, in the back of the fucking head when you're losing five three in a beer league game. Like we're all in the same league here. Like no one's no one's special. No one's crazy. Well, they're crazy. And then I go to the, you know, shake hands with them and they act as if nothing fucking happened. And I go to the strips and say, like, what's going on? Like, this is ridiculous. Then the rink guy, the rink guy who's cleaning up the rink. This is the last game of the last game of the night. Sorry, I'm taking so long for this story, but there's so okay. much going on here. Uh, I talked to him like, you saw what happened. Right? It's like, yeah, he's, he's a piece of shit. I said, yeah, you're telling me he's a piece of shit. I'm, I just lived it, dude. Like, and his response was. This team is known for that kind of thing. And I said, well, doesn't the commissioner know? And then he points to the corner. Watching the entire fucking game from the sides is the fucking commissioner with a smile on his face. Hmm. Now, I don't have a platform or anything whatsoever that, you know, call people's actions and everything. But if you play in the Buckingham League that based itself out of Chesswood Arena, Westwood Arena, and Scotiabank Pond? Don't. Go somewhere <laughs> else. Because if if you're if a goalie's getting hit in the back of the head from a team that's known to play dirty and really chippy when they're losing, mm. and the commissioner's smiling over there, go take your money elsewhere. That team is not going to get suspended at all because they're friends with the commissioner. Also, there was one funny moment where we had a five on four and the, our team passed it over to a guy and gave him a direct breakaway. Like we're talking like my levels of Isho passing to the mm-hmm. front, passing in the middle of the guy. But here's the best part about it. Not a single fucking person on our team back checked. No, they all just stood there. I'm like, bro, what's going on here? 
and I make the save and the puck goes back in the other end and the guys in the corner are laughing. I just go like this, I'm like, what? I'm like, what's going on? They're asleep. They're like, they're asleep over there. And they start laughing. Yeah. So that, anyway, it's a dull moment going up. <laughs> Tremendous. Oh, for more of Endo's uh, exciting journey in uh, the world of uh, rent goalies stay tuned to the podcast because there will be more. I am sure. Um, <laughs> I always yeah, like hearing really... the stories that you have, and more often than not, I'm just like, "Oh, boy, playing playing beer league doesn't sound fun at all." Really. So here's the here's the part about it. I've played I've played the various amounts of skates. When I say I play everything, I play everything. I've done the highest of highs of you know letting down your childhood hero Thomas Caberlet because you let in the first shot on the first let in the first goal on the first shot. And then him literally seeing like the the judgment in his eyes. And I played the lowest of lows, which is this game over here. A few months ago, there was an incident at Canland Sports York where there were a bunch of players just fucking swinging sticks like crazy in a beer league. That that is what you typically see in lower level leagues because guys don't know how to skate and don't know what you're doing. You will see the craziest shit. In D and E level, you will see, you know, little scrums and everything here like happen in like C and D. Mm. And then when you get to like B and A, it is it's guys who know what they're doing, guys who are clearly aware they've played hockey in some sort of level. Um, I believe like the only A level hockey we have in Toronto is out of DMHL, which is downtown men's hockey league. Um, you know, I think maybe one of our five listeners in Toronto will like under know what that is and go, go from there. But I've played like one game in that a league and that's guys who are fresh from like junior. I'm not talking like, like the, like the lower, like bottom six guys, not like top six, top nine guys just buzzing out there. And it's a lot of fun to play in. And it's crazy because, again, you'll see the craziest shit happen in the lower leagues. You'll see some like eh, stuff happen in the middle leagues and the high leagues. There's like barely anything. But if there is anything, people are people like take exception to it. Mm. It's it's eye opening. Professionalism. Mm hmm. So with that, really quickly, um, I just saw Greg Wyshynski tweet something a few minutes ago. Uh Totally unplanned topic from us, though. He mentioned, um, and to get onto the hockey topics here really quickly before we uh, move away from them for a moment, the current plan for the 2025 World Cup of Hockey, oh, which, is. again, we had the World Cup of Hockey in, what, 2016 in Toronto and haven't had one since. Yep. Which is insane. Um, which will not be called the World Cup of Hockey, by the way. But the current plan in 2025 is this. Four national teams. U.S., Canada, Sweden, Finland. So fuck Zero Latvia. Russians. And fuck Russia, I guess. Well, fuck every country except for that, because that's the plan. It's four teams. No team North America, 23 and under. No team rest of Europe. Just U.S., Canada, Sweden, and Finland. Next proper Just World do a Cup continental at that point. Do a continental. Like, that's the only option I can see them actually doing. But then mm. there's too many players from too many regions and all that, like... It, it makes no sense. Have U.S., Canada, North America. I'm not even going to let you finish. I'm just going to fucking jump into there. Um, U.S., Canada, North America, and then you go Europe, and then go Asia. You have six. Mm. 
But no. It's five. <laughs> Have you <Sorry>. considered no? <laughs> oh, growing uh, the game? No, let's let's black out all of the global series games and then any sort of discourse you have about it, it's immediately shot with, whoa, have you considered piracy? And it's like mm. the whole point is to not have piracy. Right. I will we're just going on a different tangent and everything right now because that's usually how I flow and everything. We're gonna get back to the World Cup hockey in just a quick second. There is an analogy that um, CEO of Valve, Steam, great Gabe Newell says, if you're going to, the best way to combat piracy is to make your service better. Mm -hmm. So the NHL should be looking at, you know, these blackouts and stuff and how people have to go to all these websites and view their stuff illegally to get a full product. There are people who pay subscriptions for all these stuff who get blacked out games. They are paying to watch hockey and yep. they can't watch it even though they've paid all the money in the world or the or the fee that's supposed to cost and they get blacked out because it's not in your region. It is a global game. It should be able to be seen globally. This is the perfect opportunity to get people across the world to watch your game. Right. Same thing when they were in Australia. That was perfect. Have no region lock on it. It's stupid. It's like it's like region locking video games. If I buy a copy of a game that's in Europe, I should be able to play that copy on my console over here. It shouldn't be locked. Yeah, it's stupid. I agree. Anyways. You know, the, well, the funny thing is, because like the World Cup of hockey thing, it's just like, all right, it's stupid. Nobody cares. Right. But in terms of you segueing it to like, oh, hockey, um, I have Hulu TV, um, which is the, the package that also has um espn plus and disney plus like all wrapped up into one basically that's crazy um yeah well it's, it's crazy all right i mean it, it helps because technically it's like we get like somewhat of a discount on it because like the disney plus a lot of it's you know my wife uses it for work at school and everything right anyway um so i can watch any hockey game except the bruins unless what? yes so I can watch any hockey game except the Bruins because those are blacked out unless they are nationally televised games on like ESPN or TNT. Otherwise, you need either a cable package that has the New England Sports Network, uh, Nesson's own streaming service, or I think they're back on Fubo as a streaming service. This is an entirely different conversation just in regards to how fucking fragmented like television and streaming services has gotten to the point that we're just going to go back to everyone having cable because it's easier. Hold on. Did you but... say Fubo? Wasn't that fucking it's not the fake uh thing that Bill Burr made uh made a joke about with those golfing guys who tried to like get him off his game? There's a clip of like uh it's like oh we have a podcast it's like oh is it not is it not Chubo? Oh yeah. Oh, it's not Chubo. <laughs> <sighs> God, I, you know, I gotta be honest for a second. I thought you were making a FUBU joke for us by us, dude. I had, I had FUBU shit growing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you fucking did. That's right. It's like you're my brother, man. Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, man. Um, yeah, but that, like I said, that's an entirely different, like, expansive conversation on. So it's just how fucked up streaming services are because. Nobody could just let it be 
nope, we got to take shit, make our own streaming service, then keep jacking up the prices. And it's just, I feel sorry for people who keep like everything at once. What we'll do here is like, okay, this month's an HBO Max month. Let's watch stuff on HBO. Next month is a Netflix month. Let's watch stuff on Netflix and then cancel and then switch. You know, that way we're constantly kind of rotating out and not paying for fucking everything all at once, essentially. Um, because that's the situation that we're all yep. in right now. Streaming because... streaming is new cable. And then it's like, <sighs> yeah, it's hilarious. Well, speaking of outdated things, we have a viewer question here to kick things off. Allegedly supposed to kick things off for half an hour into the sunbitch. What is everyone's least favorite Christmas song? Now, I am literally because so I heard back from Sin. Uh, he has an outage in his area, restarted his router. It's still down, said it'll be fixed by 6 p.m. So uh, hours from now is uh, the email alert that he was given. I'm going to ask him what his least favorite Christmas song is, and we'll see if he gets back to me <laughs> with his answer. Um, do you have... A least favorite Christmas song, Endo Mills, Endurance M. Um, I'm gonna go up Mariah Carey. Ooh, just because oh, it's I want her Christmas right? you. It's not even that. Like it's you know what? It's not. It is that. It it is that. It is overplayed. I get it. It's a classic. It's you know, it's good, but at the same time, I just can't, man. The, the meme so, of her, the meme of her, like de-thawing in like October. <laughs> like I get it, but like, Sin, Sin gave me his answer. What? Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, but like the 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 meme of it, like I get it, right? You know, it's gotten to the point that like the um, SCP like account. Is like we try to contain her every year she gets a way out. Like we can't do this anymore. Like <laughs> it's just just been a meme like that. It's it's something. Oh, God. Um, I agree, like the overplayed nature. I can hear that song about two to three times throughout the holiday season before I'm just like, okay, enough. Um there, there's there's so there's so many that get to be grating. Um, I will say, um, (laughs) oh God, which, which one is just, I I don't know from like Bing Crosby or something like that or right. Well, it's like there, there are like joke ones that people are like, oh, these suck. And I, I laugh at them. Like there's one called Dominic the donkey, which (laughs) I, I only learned about when I met my wife um, and it's like, this is so bad. It's good type of thing. Um, There is also, by the way, a Christmas song by Bon Jovi named backdoor Santa, which, uh, (laughs) excuse me. What? I never looked directly into the camera. You know, that's fucked up. (laughs) You know, that's fucked up. When I look at the camera, I need to make sure that's the thumbnail. (laughs) this episode 
You see, because it, it, he doesn't go down the chimney. He he sneaks in the back door. Um, <laughs> there there was also a Justin Bieber song, uh, "Drummer Boy," that had Busta Rhymes in it. Yes. And I didn't need a Busta Rhymes Christmas song. Uh, I just remember there was a fucking Bieber uh, mistletoe song, whatever. Yeah, that one too. God, that was trash. You, shoddy, would you? There was, uh, oh God, I remember this one too because it's like, oh my God, that was real. Um, John Denver. You know, Country Roads, John Denver. Really? Damn. Put out a song called Please Daddy in brackets Don't Get Drunk This Christmas. Damn. Happy holidays, everybody. Oh, man. Jesus. Oh, God. Topical, by the way. Jesus. Um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I shouldn't joke about that kind of stuff. I apologize. I apologize. Um, God. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of Um, there's some bad yeah, ones. Hundred percent, Mariah Carey. I, uh, Mariah, I know you make like three hundred percent of your sales in December, November first, and all that stuff. Like it's insane how much money she makes. She makes like thirty million a year just from the Christmas season. Yeah, I wish I did that. Yeah. You want to see me on this fucking podcast? No, you see me on a fucking yacht, bitch. On a fucking yacht. Let's go. No. (laughs) Well, funny you mention that because you know who else you might see on a yacht sometime soon? Patrick Lighty. Oh, I was going to say KSI. Bitch, I know you see me in that Lamborghini. (laughs) La Lamborghini. Bitch, I know you see me. Oh, Oh, KSI. From screaming at FIFA to screaming at career and yeah, boxing. What and a man! Scamming you with Prime bottles. Austin Matthews signed by Prime. Yeah. So to talk about thirty-four hockey. Prime number. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, we do always joke that this isn't exactly a hockey podcast, so it's fine. Um, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Awesome. The other night benched Patrick Line and Johnny Goodrow in the third period late in the game and then followed that up by scratching Patrick Line outright. Oh. Um a, a quick a quick reminder of the the financials here. Um Johnny Goodrow is getting paid 9.75 million for five more years after this. Line A is making 8.7 for two years after this. The Columbus Blue Jackets, Endo Mills, Endurance M. When is the last time the Columbus Blue Jackets won a hockey game? Was this before or after the war? <laughs> Which one? Ah, you'll have to find out. Um, that's a bad joke. Um, I don't know. It's probably been like the first five games of the season. And we've been um, too busy. And we've been too busy talking about how the Leafs are, while they're over 500, they're terrible. And they they should fire Sheldon Keefe into the sun. And Brad Living is a terrible GM and all that stuff. And I'm talking about how San Jose 
is San Jose. Sorry, Sin. Mm. Um, is it literally the first five games? So not that far back. Their last win was on November 2nd against Tampa. Since then, they have lost nine games in a row. Now, what gets me about this is that there was a Jackets fan on Reddit who had a thread up saying, now, look, I know we were supposed to suck this year. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. You do not get to say. You're oh, supposed to be good. Uh-huh. You have, yeah, that- you have Johnny Goudreau. You have Patrick Liner. You have Adam Fantilli. You have uh, Zach Borinsky. You have. They traded for Provorov. They traded for Severson. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't. Provorov. Nah, I mean, he's a good hockey player. Uh, Severson. You have a good lineup. That's like oh, the yeah. Habs saying consistently year after year. Well, especially this year, being like, "Oh, our players injured. We weren't. Oh, we weren't going to be good." Beginning of the first year of the season, they're like, "Yeah, Kirby, Doc, and all that shit." <laughs> <laughs> like you you can't re you can't re, you can re rewrite stuff but at the same time like stick to a narrative if you're gonna be suck this year be suck from the beginning san jose mm-hmm. if you're not gonna be sucked don't be sucked this year boston mm-hmm. I, I i i i don't understand i do understand but fan bases who don't understand that you know switching up from an identity when a team isn't necessarily there or they're at different viewing a team at a different viewpoint than when it's actually supposed to be at is probably the death of being a sports fan. I think that's mm. also, that also applies again to the Leafs. It applies to, it applies to every franchise, especially those who see stuff kind of short-sightedly as a, as in this situation where they're like, Oh, you know what? Hear me out. We're supposed to be bad this year. It's like I just listed seven key players as part of a lineup, which could carry you guys to a berth. Also, Adam Fantilli is a rookie, and he's doing pretty good things for a goddamn rookie. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, the future is great, but at the same time, you have to live in the present. And if your players who are in the present aren't activating, there's something wrong. And it shows that it wasn't a Babcock thing, because. Babcock already saw his way out by, you know, doing doing things he really should have when asking for phones phone. and putting him on the putting them on the air air tag, you know? And sometimes maybe your brother. <laughs> it just reminds me of Rahil's yeah. Babcock impression from the season no, preview. And sometimes even your brother comes in like <laughs> That killed me. Oh God. Yeah, that, that whole thought of like, oh, they were supposed to be bad though. It's like, no. No, they weren't. The whole narrative about the blue jackets is injuries are the reason why they kind of struggled last year. And now this was the year, like, okay, they're gonna get back on track and good things are gonna happen. Uh and bad things have happened so far. So now people are like, oh well, they they weren't supposed to be good. They absolutely were supposed to be better than this. There is no doubt about that. Um, And yeah, it has been very, very bad. They are at the bottom of the Metropolitan Division. They are the third worst team in the league by points percentage only above Chicago and San Jose. Do not try to change the narrative now. 
there were higher expectations than this. And uh, it's it's bad. It's bad for as much as the kind of conversations happen with Calgary about like, oh, okay, what's next and who's going to get traded, whatever. Now in Columbus, the whole talk is, well, is Goodrow, uh, well, you can't even move Goodrow, but is Line A going to get dealt? Like, what's that going to look like? And it's, <sighs> it's just, it's fun. That's what it is. It's a fun time. Um, unless that's, you're a Blue Jackets a, fan. Yeah, that's the best way to summarize it. Jesus. So we Ooh. will uh, continue to follow along with that. And, um, you know, he's a really nice guy. I like him. Follow Nasher on Twitter. Um, it, it's a good time to see him uh, uh, just to have his mind break by the total ineptitude of the Columbus Blue Jackets because it has been very, very bad. I mean, yeah. the last game Line A played in, um, he, he had made the comment. The second line for them that game was Goodrow, Line A at center, and Matthew Olivier. On the right wing. Noted, Noted. enforcer. Rarely. <laughs> Rarely. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck that's funny. Sake. I even tweeted that out um, when he got into a fight. I'm like, yeah, I wonder what his oh. fighting rating in the NHL is. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, mm. it's not they good. fixed it. They fixed it, but only after he laughed in their faces. When he was uh, at EA Studios, which is which Cut is always what face, you want. Missing tooth and all. Just you think I fight? Ah, he says here rarely. He's like, ha 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 ha. Points. Mm-hmm. So another topic that we have that I wanted to get your opinion on, actually, given the whole goalie thing. Um, there was some controversy in an Anaheim Ducks Florida Panthers game where the conversation coming out of it was, did the puck fully cross the line on a Jakob Silverberg attempt? My immediate thought after this was one, you can debate whether or not you thought it was in, thought it wasn't, whatever. How are we still here? 2004, game six of the Stanley Cup final. Calgary Flames fans remember it well. The puck was in. Or was it? The parallax angle, so on and so forth. Dude, that is 20 years ago this season. 20 fucking years ago. And we are still having the conversation over whether or not the puck was in or not. You have the technology. The fuck aren't we using it? I'm so sick and tired of this conversation. I just don't understand it. I'm sorry if I'm laughing. Um, the way you're like, you know, was it in? I don't know. First thought was Foresight Hogan. Was the book in, brother? I don't know. Maybe it was. I'll never tell, brother. <laughs> God. He's in the Situation Room in Toronto, just like, Hogan, was the puck in? Oh, I don't know, brother. Mm, I just Stones may sink and the rocks may fall, brother, but I know that puck was not in. Or was it? Sorry. Like the thing is though, it's like the NFL at this stage, for all their faults, they are at least trying to improve things like this, in my opinion. Uh like the pylons and everything now have so much fucking tech in them that yeah. you can see the fans 
to keep the tech inside the pylons cool. <laughs> and not I've... from like a visual standpoint, but from a fucking temperature standpoint. Like that's how much <laughs> tech they're putting into the fucking pylons. Why the hell do we not have proper goal line tech in hockey? I mean, I get what people are like, oh, we can't just put a chip in the middle and then if it... Uh, you can put a chip to... in, the, in the puck. They, they already do that. Puck. Right, exactly. They That's how you know Philip Ronick hit a 107-mile-an-hour shot in a game. Yeah. Um, For me, it's just that idea of, like, you have the technology to put enough sensors in the puck without affecting the puck to know whether or not it is fully crossed the line. It, it You cannot tell me that we could send people to the fucking moon 50 with years ago with a, with less technology in your fucking microwave today. But the NHL, oh, it's just it doesn't exist, the technology to tell if the puck fully crossed the goal line. You're out of your fucking mind. Like, it does exist. It's just, what is it? Is it laziness because they like these conversations to happen because it, it's engagement and they subscribe to all press is good press? I don't know, but it's fucking stupid, and it's a matter of time until we get into a playoff situation again where we have to hear all about the parallax angle. We get into a Stanley Cup final situation where we have to hear about the parallax angle. It's like, that doesn't make your sport good. The NFL is not more popular because the New Orleans Saints were involved in the fucking pass interference thing five years ago. Like, that's just, that's not a thing. Negative press for sports doesn't make someone go, Oh, I should watch that. It makes them go, LOL, Bush League. Uh, it's just not a real league, not a real sport. Like, that's where those fucking comments come from. It's it's the stupidity of league, sexism, and racism. Those are the three causes of not a real sport comments on social media. Um, I, I don't have an answer as to whether or not the puck was in or not, because they don't fucking know themselves. And honestly, though, they might, because apparently there are camera angles that they have access to that they don't put on broadcast. Which is also fucking stupid. Yeah. With your fucking 720p cameras that you have <laughs> that you do provide for the broadcast. I'm I am shocked <sighs> um, that there still isn't like a 4K native feed for, for sports. I'm not. I mean, I am, but I'm not, because of course not, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess because, like, 4K still isn't the standard. Like, 1080p is still, like, the standard right now, and yeah. I give it, like, maybe three to four years where 1440p takes over, because, uh, like, they've phased out 720 as high definition. It's, like, standard definition now, which is crazy. Like, two years ago, they phased it out, and we're like, hey, yeah, 720 is, like, just just standard. It's fine. Um, But, yeah, the, to put a microchip in a puck, you already have that tech there. Putting in a VAR system. It's not, I'm not going to say, oh, it's not a lot of work. It probably is work to put it in, have it set up and everything. But it's almost as if, similar to baseball, human error is based in the actual sport. Mm. Like, even when it comes to questionable calls, DOPS not usually getting the right calls. They've been somewhat consistent so far this year, a little bit at the beginning. Maybe they're kind of dwindling off a little bit. We haven't had any any real situations happen uh, as of late, so we can kind of base that off of on-ice on conduct, not off-ice. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just from human error being baked into the sport. 
Now, one of the other things we were going to talk about were the Sharks. And we were going to let Sin go on his victory lap because the Sharks beat the hell out of the St. Louis Blues over the past few days. And there was the stat line that 27.8% of the Sharks' even strength goals were scored against the Blues. Five of their 18. Um, There was also a chart that I had seen from data-driven hockey that showcased that the Sharks have the uh, (laughs) some of the worst stats basically out there um there's really there's really no other way to put it in terms of uh team shot quality versus volume the sharks have the lowest shot quality and the lowest shot volume meaning they taste the (laughs) meaning they take the least amount of shots and they take the lowest quality shots as opposed to a team like Carolina that takes a low amount of uh, quality shots, but they throw a lot of pucks on net. You have some teams that do both, obviously. Right. However, the Sharks also, in terms of quality shots and high volume against, allow the most. So they are taking the least high quality chances and the least amount of shots while surrendering the highest quality of chances and the most shots at the same time. Um, I know they're getting some wins here and there. I don't think they'll be historically bad. Maybe era adjusted, they will be historically bad. Um, they they just, they they suck so, so badly. <laughs> Sin would be the one to find the more kind of positive outlooks to that. Although, I did find one. And it was a Bleacher Report that put out um, a graphic for under-the-radar players at the start of a season. And they did one for every single team. And I was going to go over at least the the players from our favorite teams. Yay. And we'll start off with the Sharks. They said that the San Jose Sharks' most under-the-radar player so far this season has been Fabian Zetterlund. Um, and that I would probably agree with. He is the second highest scorer on the team, only behind Tomas Hurdle. Um, so from a statistical standpoint, you can understand that because the name value isn't quite there. Um, otherwise, I'm not really sure who you, who you would pick. Maybe a William Eklund type. I mean, there really aren't that many options on the Sharks. For the Bruins, the sweet, beautiful Bruins. Uh, their selection was James Van Riemsdyk, which I have to be honest, is correct. Um, JVR has 12 points in 16 games, only behind Marchand, Zaka, who's on the top line, Pasternak, and Charlie Coyle. Um, he has brought a lot more to the lineup than I would have suspected. And the Leafs selection, Callie Arncroak who has nine points in 17 games. Um, He is tied in points with Max Domi, Matthew Nyes, and trails only Matthews, Marner, Tavares, William frickin' Nylander, who we'll talk about in a minute, and Morgan Riley. For our three teams, at least, I feel like they kind of nailed it for the -the under-the-radar options. You could argue, um, you know, for other teams, maybe. Did they get it right or did they get it wrong? But for the most part, that is a chonky, chonky cat. 
Oh, Muffin? Yeah. <laughs> She's a little fat, so uh, we, I think we told the story of how we found her. Um, I'm pretty sure she has fucking pica. Um, Polina can probably confirm nor deny that statement because you don't get you don't get you do not get that fat without eating. Okay, it's true. Unless you have a genetic disorder, that's completely different. But I highly doubt that. Okay, yeah. It's a chunky cat. quote. She's um, just a chunky baby from Polina. There you go. Yeah, just chunky. Yeah. I don't really have too much else to add in regards to like the sharks or anything like that because there isn't anything to add really. But um because again, that that was a sin topic. But I at least tried to find a positive for the sharks, and that is that Fabian Zetterland. He's okay. So that's good. No, you're not getting the hat. Okay, fine, you're getting the hat. Sorry, this is her hat uh that I stole from her when we first started going out. Mm-hmm. Um it's cute. I don't know where she got it from, and so I can't get my own. So I have to like reverse engineer this hat and get it my own. So until mm. then, we have to share it. No, we don't have headlights. Catch. Well, I mean, even now if you did, do. it would only affect you two, and you already live together. So exactly. All right, there bye. Home alone, Endo Mills, and the cat, and the cat. Should Never mind. <laughs> Oh yeah, that that's one of those cats where it's like, oh man, your, your dog just like lays beside you and is all bummed out, but the cat will eat you. Your cat would eat you. Yeah. Yeah. She's just looking right now for that fucking mouse. Um <laughs> I think I talked about it on the podcast, I'm not really sure, but yeah, we just randomly had a mouse one day. Um because, you know, living in a basement and it's the winter. So they're trying to come indoors. Uh, Kana said that they'd send me um, some of their uh, their skate their skin skin. Oh my god! Uh, they have a they have a snake named Noodles or Nudes. <clears throat> and so Kana's <laughs> like, I'll send you some Nudes skin. I'm like, oh, okay, that's the one way to say it. <laughs> there mm. you go. Yeah, Kana, you're the best. Phrasing. Phrasing. Um, <sighs> couple other things really quickly here, too, as we uh, kind of get through our, our list of stuff. The Winter Classic jerseys. Oh, man. That were leaked by the Utah Jazz and AEW. All, all elite wrestling. I love it. Of all the places to leak the uh, Vegas Golden Knights jersey, it was on the pre-show of AEW's pay-per-view this past Saturday. Your thoughts... On said jerseys, because I don't feel like the Kraken jersey is that bad because they are very clearly going with like the Seattle Metropolitans vibe. The Vegas Golden Knights, though. The fuck are they going for? I have no idea. Mm. I'm looking at the jersey right now, and I do think it is salvageable. Should you have the right equipment to go with it? But at the same time, at a base level, it's just not good. It's so plain, I feel like, is the best way to describe it. Um, There's just so much, like, empty space on the jersey. 
I, I, yeah, I, I'm with most people on this. It's not an immediate winner for me. Honestly, the Kraken jersey isn't one that I'd probably get either. Realistically, yeah. um, th- there, there have been better uniform sets, but it's funny because Sin and I were talking before his, uh, before his internet went out about the idea of like, oh, because we had a viewer question in regards to like, oh, what teams would you want to see play an outdoor game at this point? And there's conversations about like global series games and where that could go and like Mexico City and Germany. I got to be honest, though, in terms of stuff like that, I I just I don't care. Like we've been seeing outdoor games in the NHL for 15 years consistently. It's still fun, but the uniqueness has worn off. The uniqueness wore off almost a decade ago when they said, hey, you know, the Winter Classic, we're going to add the Stadium Series, too. And then we're going to bring back the Heritage Classic. Like, they've beaten the concept to death, but it still does relatively well. Um, Global Series, it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know, man, where do people like hockey? Go there. Simple. You know, people in Sweden love hockey. Go to Sweden. And apparently that went pretty well. So it's just one of those things I don't care about all that much um and even less so that the idea of the jerseys but yeah the oh the golden knights and the kraken it could have been better yeah i'm looking up on sports logos um dot net where they talk about it um about the reveal and everything Hmm. um basically basically largely largely underwhelming yeah, it is pretty underwhelming. Quote, the overall idea is a foe back to the 1910s to a hypothetical Las Vegas-based team to match with the Kraken with 1910 Metropolitans. So mm. it's basically inventing history for it. Yeah. I don't like that. If you have to invent history for a franchise, you shouldn't have them in an event where it requires history. Yeah. <laughs> I get like their whole deal was like, oh, in a certain amount of years, you'll get an all star game and then you'll get special events and all this stuff. It makes more sense for them to be in a stadium series game because they can play up with the whole idea of being a Golden Knight on their jerseys because mm. the stadium series games, you're a lot more creative. You're a lot more modernizing and everything like that. I mean, jerseys are already pretty modern, but, you know, they take more of um. I want to say minimalistic kind of approach to those designs of the jerseys, mm. but you could do so many things with a with a stadium series Golden Knights jersey. Just the con, just the idea in my head is like second to none. Something crazy. You could have something where it's like all sublimated on there instead, and <coughs> excuse me, have certain things pop out with the stitching as well. Right. I I, I just think this is a big. A big. I want to give the the NHL an F here, but they usually take Fs anyways. Uh, but just I don't like it. Seattle one makes sense. They have history with the with the Metropolitans, and yeah. you know with the millionaires with Vancouver as well because they're kind of related and like all stuff like that. That makes sense. Vegas, it doesn't make any sense. It's true. <laughs> it's true. No other way to put it. Um. You know, it's funny, though, because all the talk about the stadium series, global series, stuff like that kind of leads us to the um, last kind of bigger topic that we have, which is the Toronto Maple Leafs, who've had a very successful trip over to Sweden. Yes. They debuted blue helmets on white jerseys because the NHL changed that rule. It looks really good, and they should keep it like that. I don't mind it. I'm, I'm indifferent, so... 
I'm I'm not I'm not offended by it. I do think it probably like so the reason why I'm like yes, this is essentially because I really like the idea of being able to mix up jerseys just a little bit more in case of like color clashes and stuff like that. Yeah. Because holy shit, I'd never want to watch Tampa and Toronto play in the playoffs again with how similar the jerseys are. Yeah. I so can anything see them that allows something more creativity. Like, I'm good. Yeah, I can see them doing something where um <clears throat> the Leafs were the next gen games uh jerseys in some games or everything like that, have the black contrasting. One thing I want to see them do is because those next gen game jerseys, they reverse. They're reversible because they're the um the partnership jerseys with I believe it's Justin Bieber's brand or the brand affiliate with Justin Bieber drew and the, the yellow part of the Jersey looks pretty sick. I would love to see them wear that in the game, but unfortunately I don't think they can because of, you know, the NHL being the NHL with the super Mario leaf on the front of it. It's got the two little eyes. Yeah, it's cute. I like it. So, there's no great way to segue into talking about this for Leafs fans. William Nylander has scored in every single game. Or not every single He's put up a point in every single game so far. Every this single season. game. Before the season, I think he would have been looking at eight, nine million bucks. It's probably over 10 now. I've seen some people say 11. Um, your confidence in 27 points in 17 games, William Nylander being a Toronto Maple Leaf next season. Yes. You think it's going to happen? I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to stay and he's going to take a discount. Mm. Why do you think he's going to take a discount? Hmm? Just like all the others that have taken. Just like all the others. I don't know. I mean, Matthews took a pretty Matthews earned his money. He took a little bit. I think the Matthews contract could have been a little bit more. He only made like what, like two million extra. Like, yeah, he's at 11, he's making, six. The, the shock that it wasn't over 12 million is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one problem is. Trilling fucked up by not signing the deal before they left for Sweden. Hmm. Because putting up five points and having the overtime winner in your home country, mm-hmm. not only not only is that like huge, it was to the point where he had the puck. He, I was watching the game. He scores that goal. I'm screaming. He's so good. Like I, I was sitting on my computer. He was the goal. I'm like, he's so good. And then I'm just like, we're not, we're not gonna be able to keep him. But I kind of thought about it. I kind of like really sat down and kind of, like pondered and thought for once in my life and figured that, you know, he's a very low maintenance guy. Yeah. Lives in Toronto. Takes the millionaire subway. takes the subway. Um, people were like, wow. Um, what was it? Neiland, there's dad also takes a subway. I'm like, there's they're Nordic. Their subway system is perfect. Nearly perfect. I mean, I haven't gone there myself, but I've heard from countless other people saying like their their subway service is good. It's not, not even good. It's great because sure. good. Good is it functions. Great is it gets you there on time. You don't have to worry about anything. 
So I I gotta be honest, I do think the Leafs find a way to keep Nylander because they have yep. five and a half of Bertuzzi up at the end of the year, uh three million of Max Domi, five million of TJ Brody, mm-hmm. um John Klingberg's four point one. You know, he's making Nylander's making seven now. You have space at the end of this year to up him to ten million bucks. You do. Yeah. Um, does that necessarily solve certain issues? No, maybe not. But at the same time, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi has eight points in 17 games. He, he's been better in the past couple games, but not amazing. Um, that money that you're spending on Bertuzzi, on Domi, on Klingberg, uh, sounds like fucking Rudolph. <laughs> on Bertuzzi, on Domi, on Klingberg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how much worse are you actually going to be by giving those spots to the younger fucking guys or to guys that will actually take pay cuts to stay there? How much worse are they? Like Bobby McMahon has two points in three games so far this season on this fucking Sweden trip. I like, fucking love Bobby McMahon. I will. I will say that if if any like person who watches Marley games. Bobby McMahon is literally the McMahon. It's him and Alex Steves. They are absolutely tearing it up right now. Alex Steves, as of this video, as of this recording of this podcast, Alex Steves has 18 points in 14 games. Mm. Pretty good worse? for a guy. In- hmm? that, that is good. How much worse are the Leafs going to be relying on Pontus Holmberg, Bobby McMahon, Alex Steves, whoever else? overpaying the money for the guys that they've paid for that at least so far have only been like solid additions. They haven't been yeah. anything too crazy. It's certainly not worth the money in a lot of ways that they're getting paid at this stage. Yep. You don't lose William Nylander. You know, at this stage you deal with the consequences of it. It's like the guy, even John Tavares has 19 points in 17 games this year. Like he's still not worth 11 million bucks, but it's yeah. not looking like as disastrous of a it's contract yeah it's the oh. kale i don't know what it is but like his diet he changes up he's a big big kale guy kind of like how um what was it nathan mckinnon just loved the fuck out of carbs during their playoff run like guys are eating pasta nothing else i don't give a damn you're taking care of your health you're gonna eat my diet it's like yeah it's a leader that's what he does and he won a cup like leading by carbs yes the way to do it um <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I don't know what else to say is, no, one thing I will say is the discourse around the Toronto Maple Leafs is that the is the core four. I don't know, like, I think Trilliving hasn't acknowledged it as the core four, and I, I applaud him for that. Mm. Because the minute that became an identity and a talking point for the media in Toronto to say, oh, the core four, it was a disaster. Because every single movement that happened, if those four players were not being excellent every single night in, night out, you would hear it 100%. If one of those three play, one of those four players had an off night, you would hear it forever and ever and ever. And now mm-hmm. it's flipped onto the opposite, where it's the bottom six is not scoring and your defense are not making any points unless their name is Morgan Riley. Right. There is no depth in the defensive scoring aspects. Well, that's what happens when you bring in guys who necessarily don't fit the system or you try to change the system a little bit to be more offensive minded. 
but you already have guys in the system who can do all that. You needed to bring in defense. Notice how well the Leafs are playing with Ryan Reeves not in the lineup. I don't even sure. I don't even hate Ryan Reeves, but to pay him basically like 1.3 for the next two three next three years, this year, next year, and the year after that, to have him sit in there be a be a be a locker room guy, that's a little expensive in my opinion. He is a really good fucking agent. He is a really good agent. Hats off to his agent for making that deal happen because he mm. got he got paid, and I'm pretty sure that's guaranteed money if he gets sent down to the A as well. And if it's to get sent uh, in the yep. A's, yeah, small yep. my deal. It's beautiful. Yep. Shout out to Ryan Reeves' agent in general, former fifth round pick that has over seventeen million dollars in estimated career earnings. Yeah. Good shit. Re- really smart. That's that is a that's a good agent. That's a if I was a player, I'd make sure my agent is paid well. So we have one more topic of conversation for today unless there is anything that you wanted to add i don't know if we have another edition of endo's respect whammon uh corner i don't know you have anything the pwhl the pwhl is making me really really hard to respect whammon in sports now let me preface this i love women's hockey my mother is a goaltender who had potential to play for a national level okay you're gonna say my mother is a woman my mother is a woman that's why i respect women um i mean i hope she's a woman i mean if she isn't who cares anymore and at this point i love her unconditionally here is what we call the, the optional uh pwhl update so today the GM, the general manager of the PWHL Minnesota team, because they don't have a fucking name yet, Natalie Darwitz, was quoted as to say, uh, after talking about her training camp for the PWHL Montreal team, uh, Minnesota team, excuse me, God, it was a memorable week for the state of hockey as the inaugural training camp opened for Minnesota's first professional hockey team. Now, this post has been taken down by PWHL Minnesota. But Mm -hmm. the one thing to note of this is that Natalie Darwitz is a former Minnesota Whitecaps alumni who Mm. played with the team when they were part of the NWHL and I believe the PHF as well. Now, why Mm. is this notable at all? Um, The governing body that owns the PWHL and the PWHPA Again, bought out the PHF less than five months ago. Mm-hmm. And it's basically been seeming at every single point that they can. They're just trying to rewrite rewrite history, which is really funny considering the, the Minnesota Whitecaps are the only women's hockey league team in North America to win both the Isabel Cup and the Clarkson Cup. Mm-hmm. The first one was a part of one league and the other part was a part of another. I believe that was part of the WWHL, which then went on to be the CWHL. And this one is a part of the uh, PHF, well, NWHL, as it was called back then. Now, another thing about this is that WOHO, which is the term for women's hockey that people have generated online, the fan mm-hmm. base is disappointed in that PHL basically trying to rewrite history. And again, the post has been deleted now. I don't know what is going on. It just seems like they're just, again, at any given point that they can, 
they're trying to negate talking about the PHF in any sort of positive light. I don't understand it. I never will. And yeah, I'm just, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that it went, it, they're going this low to essentially try and rewrite history. <sighs> I mean, it's very, it's very WWE. We invented the history of this. There was no history before this. We are, we, we started it. We invent, <laughs> like literally people made that joke in WWE less than 10 years ago. When it was the whole idea of like after shows, like women's revolution was trending because people were tired of their women's division being booked like it was 1999 still. Um, and it led to the joke of like Stephanie McMahon would come out there and talk in a way where it's like Stephanie McMahon, inventor of women. And that's kind of what the PWHL feels like it's doing. The PWHL, inventor of women's hockey. As oh if there God. isn't this. 20 plus year history at this point of you know we, we made a video about the freaking nagano olympics in 98 yep. where women's hockey was there for the first time like it, it's not as if this just fucking started and it's been like in the last five months <laughs> let alone five years i mean i just realized uh, something what's that i just realized my mom didn't get sick she could have been played in the I realized my mom didn't get okay, so my mom played hockey. Like I already talked about this before. She mm. would get like really, really sick. I think maybe it's probably concussion related. And mm. she basically had to like stop playing because she would get motion sick and all that stuff while playing. Well, when I say she was she was good, she was a good goalie. She was very, very well. She was a good she was a good goalie. Mm. And to think that like Around the time she stopped playing, she was getting opportunities to play. And if she didn't get sick, there is a high probability chance that she could have played in Nagano. That's mm. weird to consider now, like 25, 30 years later. Yeah. What was to say? Damn. Our last thing to talk about... Um, is a shitty fucking thing to have to talk about, but mm. it was probably the biggest story over the weekend uh, in the world of hockey. Uh, and of course, it's something that took place off the ice. Um, I've debated how much detail it's worth going into because the detail is, is rough. And I will say uh, to anybody that is, uh, you know, a little bit more sensitive, I would say to uh, incidents of uh, domestic violence and such. We thank you for listening to the show. You can skip the rest of this one. Um, catch Endo on Twitter at EnduranceM, and I am everywhere at Toogie24. Sim for the Win Prod, Sim for the Win Productions. You know the whole deal at this point. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, donate for listening. to the Movember campaign. Do that as that, well, too. That, too. Link is still in the yes. description. Yeah. Um, Milan Lucic was arrested over the weekend. Um, and is now taking what is being called a uh, indefinite absence from the Boston Bruins as a result. Um, he is scheduled to be arraigned in a Massachusetts court on Tuesday on a charge of assault and battery against a family member. Um, Lucic, 35, was arrested by Boston police in the early morning hours of November 18th after a domestic incident. A 911, a 911 call was made on Friday night 
uh, saying that Lucic attempted to choke his wife after a verbal argument turned physical. According to a copy of the police report obtained by Boston by the Boston Globe, Lucic allegedly pulled his wife ha- wife's hair and police observed redness on her chest area. She stated that she attempted to walk away from her husband and stated that her husband grabbed her by the hair and pulled her backwards. Uh, in doing so, uh, the suspect stated that she was not going anywhere. Police also wrote that Lucic appeared to be intoxicated when he answered the door and stated that nothing happened and provided no explanation for the incident. Uh, When told that he was going to be erected for domestic violence, officers observed a broken lamp on a nightstand and what appeared to be shards of broken glass on the floor while escorting him to his bedroom to get clothing. When Boston police asked his wife whether or not he attempted to strangle her, she stated that he did not. Um... According to the Boston District Attorney Office, uh, who decided to press charges in this case. Um, then there's this part. Um, sources also said that Lucic's children were hosting a sleepover at their downtown condo that night with friends over. According to the police report, the argument allegedly began over a missing cell phone. Um operations relayed to the responding officers that the reporting party victim called and stated that her husband attempted to choke her. Uh, The victim stated that her husband could not locate his cell phone when returning to their apartment after a night out. She stated the suspect began yelling at her, demanding his phone, believing she had hidden it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there were other um, details from uh, Tiffany Chan at WBZ, who you can find on Twitter. Um, so the thing, the thing to say about this, because like I said, I didn't know if the details were worth sharing, but in in this instance, I I feel like they were, I'm not sure. Um, this is not the first incident involving Milan Lucic and, uh, his wife, um, from boston.com, September 7th, 2011. Um, there is this, it was all a big misunderstanding. That's the word for Milan Lucic's girlfriend at the time, after police responded to a report of a fracas involving the Bruins forward and his girlfriend. Lucic was not charged, but witnesses told police that they saw the six foot four, 220 pound hockey player standing over uh, his girlfriend as she laid on the sidewalk. Jesus. Um, yeah, several witnesses um, smoking cigarettes outside a. a nearby bar stated that they saw Lucic yelling at his crying girlfriend and at one point heard quote what sounded like a loud slap but they did not see him hit anyone um one witness stated that they saw Lucic holding her purse in one hand and one of the shoes in the other and then watch as he threw both items at her while she was on the ground um a few minutes later when officers arrived at Lucic's, Lucic's apartment he was highly intoxicated and hostile um Essentially, he stated to the officers, we had an argument. We're fine. Why are you at my house? When questioned further about the altercation, the report says he slammed his cell phone on the ground and yelled, do you know who I am? Um, again, this took place in 2011. Um, his girlfriend, then wife, uh, who was also involved in the separate incident at the time, uh, defended him on social media. Um. But there have been a lot of people who have brought this up over the years in regards to Milan Lucic. And unfortunately for him, um, 
he's lost all benefit of the doubt at this point. This will be and it one incident is too many, two incidents even 12 years apart. Um you have fucked up your reputation. Um and beyond that, you may have ruined your own goddamn family. Um which is a as a Bruins fan, it's tough to see because so much of Lucic's return has been built around his wife and specifically his children. That's been a big thing that they sold and that he said was, yeah, a big part of this was when I was in Boston last time, my children weren't really old enough to kind of enjoy seeing me play here and seeing what it's all about. And now they get to. And dude, we're a month. We're just over a month into the season. And now your career as a Bruin is probably done. You will be extremely fucking lucky if you don't go to jail for this, which he probably fucking should if it turns out yeah. that this is indeed what happened. Um, and hopefully the fucking guy gets some help because it's very clear. One, that fucking guy needs help. Two, even if you are in that situation of you're a person that needs help, it also doesn't excuse you from your actions. Um. I don't yeah. know too much else that I can really say about this. You know, there is the idea in this country, and a lot of people don't like the whole concept, but innocent until proven guilty. There's a chance no charges will be filed beyond whatever else. I mean, who the hell knows how this is going to play out, essentially. Um, but there is that idea of where there's smoke, there's fire. And there is that idea of, again, you, you don't get the benefit of the doubt when it ha when another incident happens again, essentially, um, I can't imagine him ever suiting up for the Bruins again. I can't imagine him ever playing in an NHL game again. And um, like that, that's the least of the concern at this point. The concern is focused on his family that he may have just irreparably fucking damaged by not being able to fucking control himself after a night out. Um, it's just immensely disappointing. And the only like my initial thought was what a fucking idiot. And that's what it is. Um, yeah, like I said, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like if I don't talk about this in some way that there could be some detractors who are like, oh, Bruin did a bad thing and you're not going to talk about it. Um, you don't want to talk about it because it's fucking shit and it's depressing. Um, and all I can leave it at is I hope that his family is getting the, the support that they fucking need right now from an awful incident that more so than being a professional hockey player, a Stanley Cup champion, whatever else, like, man, you, you, you fucking blew it. Like everything that you fucking worked for that put you, you know, your whole public image being in the spot like that shit's done. Like you're 35 years old. You're at the tail end of your career anyway. And you pull this shit. Good luck coming back from it. Probably doesn't even deserve to come back from it. Let's be honest. So. And I won't put you on the spot in regards to having any comments for this. Um. It was nice it's to a go lot. a week last week without having to fucking read shit like this, but I mean, like Gosh. that's hockey. I mean, not that this stuff is hockey, but you know, there's stuff happening that we have to talk about in 
the world of hockey. Everything has, it's not that everything has to be talked about, but it's that when someone does something, especially a notable player or something happens in hockey, you, we have to talk about it. Mm. And it's disgusting, you know, that someone has, I guess, now a history of stuff like this happening. And it's unfortunate because Milan Lucic probably is a really nice individual and treats fans with respect, but at the same time, like shit like this ruins it for you. I also yeah, think, not... yeah. All right. But I also it's like think you're, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt, right? It's like, okay, yeah. well, here's like the Milan Lucic that we know publicly. It doesn't like that's gone. Like, because this idea of like, oh, that's how you act privately. You're a fucking piece of shit. Like, that's what people are going to view it as now. Yeah, pretty much that. I think. I don't want to think about this, man, but like at the same time, it's there, there's not much you can do for, for a person. Um, I, I hope that he doesn't have anything wrong with him. That's causing this stuff to happen. If he does gets help for it. That's another but aspect, right? There's not much you can say other like that's the thing about stuff like this. There's not much you can say that hasn't already been said. Right. And, and you don't want to come off as insensitive by not talking about it or you don't want it to feel like you don't think it's important enough to discuss. Yeah. But at the same time, it's depressing as shit to talk about whether or not it's something like this or any of the other kind of negative stories that we've had to talk about on the show over the past two years. Like, you know, I've been doing this podcast for over three years now. It's like, I don't, I still don't know how to handle situations like this because you don't want to come off as insensitive by not talking about it. Um, but it's certainly not fun to talk about, but like you said, it's, it's a part of hockey is it isn't all sunshine and rainbows all the time and yay fun sports stuff as much as we wish it was. Yeah, um, there's one thing I want to leave on this. I don't think he, I think he's kind of done in the NHL. I think after this, even if he's like allowed to play again, I don't think he does. Any sort of like farewell kind of tour or something you could do, like, you know, one last year in Boston, you know, right the ship kind of thing. Mm. No, that's done. That That ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. I think there's also more eyes on this stuff, especially considering Boston's terrible. I'll keep talking about their terrible signing of Mitchell Miller. Mm. I think there's more. There's definitely more eyes on this franchise than before. Yeah. And maybe if that that thing didn't happen, maybe Boston could have made it. Could do a thing where they let him back in, even if the if their charges are dropped. But I feel like with all the scrutiny behind everything and the stigma on him now because this is again this is a repeated event over 10 years mm. and the severe the alleged severity of this is something else do do i hate milan lucic as a hockey player yeah he's the kind of guy you want on your team but for on the hockey on the on ice aspect off ice from the sounds of everything right now i wouldn't i would not want to do that especially in an environment um where you're growing talent like to bring him in as a mentor for younger players would not do it. Would not do it. His, his reputation, whatever was there, it's, it's gone. Like that's yeah. the only way to put it. It's just gone. 
Um, but and, we all know the NHL might give players like that a chance. Well, again, the problem for him is it should be, if at all, a super long road back to any sort of redemption. That by the time that even happens, might be too late anyway for him to be an effective player, you know? So, who's to say? Um, yeah. Hey, fun to end of the show, right? Yeah, <laughs> but this is why we save these topics for the fucking end of the show so it doesn't bring down the goddamn mood for the whole yeah. damn thing. Um, and no, this was fun. I don't think Sin agrees. I think Sin's probably still pretty mad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think Sin's also glad we didn't talk about, he didn't get to talk about this too, you know. Probably. Kind of dampener. Yeah. 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 Well, hey. It be what it is. It do what it be. Um, do we we do will we be do. back later on this week. It won't be Thursday because American Thanksgiving. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, Except happy Thanksgiving. Had it a month ago. Be thankful for the things that you have. I said this last year. Be thankful for the things that you have. So then you can run down to fucking Target, Walgreens, uh, what other stuff you got over there? Fucking Walmart, any other superstore. And then fight some bitch for that fucking air fryer that you'll use three collective times and try to return maybe like six months later with a receipt in line and try to negotiate yourself a way to get that get your money back god bless god bless attacked. america god <laughs> bless our troops and gentlemen start your engines god we'll see you all later on this week endurance m everywhere turkey 24 simp of the wind prod we love you um and yeah in, enjoy enjoy your thursday one way or another Watch season some football. Season your turkey. God damn. Mm. Fucking. Don't also, do, also, don't deep fry your turkey. You're going to set your fucking house on fire. Um, if you're going to yeah. do it, do, know what you're doing and do it wisely. We don't need your house burning down in a house fire. Love you. God bless. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs>